Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now let's go to this week's message. Good morning again, Father's House. What a great day it's going to be today. I just wanted to give you a snippet. Oh, let's welcome our online church again, guys. Don't want to forget those guys. Just wanted to give you a little insight, a little snippet of uh, what camp is like. And uh, that video, I don't know if you saw it, but a lot of our kids was on that a lot. Uh, and it was fun. God, it was so much fun. And we went to Panama City. That's where you uh, saw there. And uh, we went up there for a week. And, man, it was, it, was pretty, it was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. So I've asked Rochelle and Betsy, a couple of the kids, they couldn't all be here this morning. We took, uh, overall, I think we took close to 60 uh, kids to camp because of you guys. So give yourself a hand. We took a lot of kids to camp this, this time. So, Rochelle, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about camp from your perspective. Okay. From my perspective, um, sometimes as a youth leader, um, we don't get to see the fruits of our labor, right? Yeah. They're usually played out way ahead, of, uh, way down the line in the future with our kids. So, um, this year at camp, I got to see um, the kids that we disciple start to disciple other kids. Mm. I got to see personally five um, kids of ours either rededicate their life to Christ or dedicate their life to Christ for the first time. Um, For a youth leader, the only thing that we pray for every single week is that our kids will find a relationship with Jesus. And um, we lead up to that and lead up to that. And then at camp, they're bombarded with um, so much surrounding of the Holy Spirit and Jesus. And it was so nice to be able to see them um, accept that and um, come back with a fire that was unbelievable. So that's my perspective of camp. It was amazing. If your kids are not in youth, get them in youth so they can go next year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So as a youth leader, um, you see the kids, you talk to the kids in small group, and um, they talk to you and all of the things that they're going on at school, at home, and you see their struggle with their walk. Some of them don't even know who, they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And I was able to see some of my girls um, go to camp, raise their hands and worship God and experience the Holy Spirit. And not just there at camp, but when they came back, they were still raising their hands and worshiping. And you can see that change of mentality um, and just the Holy Spirit stirring up in them. And that was just the most impactful part of camp for me. Um, I want to talk about one situation that happened at camp. Uh, so I actually was one of the kids that this was my last year going as a youth person. Hopefully I come back as a youth leader next year because it was great. Um, but I was allowed into one of my friend's life, which we are still friends to this day. Uh, his name is Benjamin. Me, my sister, and Kaisha were uh, pretty big in his walk with Christ, and he actually... Um, let me know when we got back from camp that he was struggling with suicidal thoughts the day before camp. So it was really cool to see that I was able to help him in that way. Um, He said if it wasn't for us three, he probably would have came home and did it. So it was cool to see him not be able to do that because he found a new light in his walk with Jesus. 
it was great to be a part of that. So. <laughs> Um, I, first of all, I just want to say thank you to like all the people that donated to help us go to camp. Um, camp changed me in a way that I never thought I would be able to be changed. Um, these youth leaders have also taken a big part in me going forward and following Jesus into a path that is very new. And it's scary, but it's very good. I don't think that I would have been able to get baptized if it wasn't for me going to camp. And, you know, knowing that there's a lot of people that love me. Yeah. And that there's a lot of people that want me to go forward with Christ. Yeah. So, I just want to say thank you to you three. Mm. And to you. Um, <laughs> Thanks, y'all can be, y'all can be seated. Can you put that microphone back up there? The what? Wow. Can you guys hear me okay? So don't ever think that your gift doesn't matter. I didn't, I didn't know that. Some of that I just heard for the first time, man. And it's tough. But it's so important, guys. It, your giving is so important. so, so important. So don't ever take that lightly. Uh, when, when we throw our quarter auction, our annual quarter auction, that's our big push. Uh, that's where it all comes together. And that's where we find out how many kids we're going to get to send, okay? So when we give that call, uh, respond. That's, a, that's very, very important. But I'm... I'm uh, I'm just going to go ahead and get into it, guys. I don't have much time, so I'm just going to take a few minutes. And uh, I want to talk to you actually today about that generation, the, the young generation. And I also want to give you guys a little insight into what's going on next door uh, in our student ministries and a little bit about what we're doing uh, to reach that generation. And I'm also going to give you at the end of this a three-part plan, okay? And this plan is for everyone under the sound of my voice. If you love God whatsoever, I'm asking every single one of us to say yes to this simple three-part plan or strategy, if you will, that will help us to engage this generation. So is everybody with me this morning? Thank you. So today, like I said, I'm talking about this generation that the world calls Gen Z. Now, Gen Z was born between the years 1995 and 2015. They range in age from 7 to 27. This is one out of every four Americans, and it comes up to about 74 million people. And there's a lot of things that's being said about this generation right now, and most everything that you're going to hear is negative. But today, that's about to change. Okay? Today, I want you to leave here this morning feeling positive and encouraged about that generation. They say that two out of every three of this generation is currently leaving the church or has already left. They're twice as likely as any other generation to become atheist. And only 3% of this generation reads their Bibles. Guys, that's tough. That's, that's tough. And I know I say that, and every, all of you are thinking the same thing. It's like, man, that's, that's bad news. That's terrible. 
let's add COVID in the mix. COVID came along, man, and it hurt all of us. It affected all of us in one way or another. I know it personally. It nearly took me out. Pastor Chris almost wouldn't hear anymore. But in my personal opinion, it really, really decimated this generation. It put everybody in isolation and it stuck them on their phones. And do you guys realize that this generation spends over five hours a day on their phones? And I can promise you that it is not always Christian content on the other side of that screen. And I know that everybody's thinking, man, that's a problem. We have a problem. But today I want to declare to you that we actually don't have a problem. What we have is an opportunity. Okay? So today, I want to ask the Father's House Church. I'm asking you guys to step up and let's take advantage of that opportunity that we have. So I'm going to tell you some things that we've done already, some things we've put in place, uh, and some things that we're in the process of doing that's going to help us take full advantage of this opportunity that the Lord's given us today, okay? So let's start with this verse out of Nehemiah, but before I give it to you, uh, I want to set it up just a little bit. Now, this is the particular season in uh, Israel's history where they were taken into captivity by the Babylonian Empire, and it kicked off a 70-year period where Israel was just decimated. It was a shell of its former self. And it kind of gives us a modern-day picture of the country and the world that we're living in today, right? You know why? Because the walls were torn down. At that time, Israel's walls were just decimated. They were torn down. You see, in that day, walls were a symbol of good systems and, and values and traditions, uh, and they had just been decimated. They were no more. Well, Nehemiah at the time was the cupbearer to the king, which is modern-day Iraq, Iran, that whole area right there, and he had favor with the king. So he went to him, and he made a plea. He said, look, man, I really need to go back home. And I need to rebuild my country. I need to fix my country. And he had, God had given him such favor with the king that the king allowed him to do so. So that's what he did. So I'm asking that this morning that that same spirit of Nehemiah would just jump on all of us today. You know, because I think the tendency is to look at the situation we're in today and uh, go, well, it's this person's fault or it's that person's fault. It's that political party's fault. And our tendency is to shrink back Stay silent, do nothing, play the blame game, and just watch it happen. But not today. Today, we're going to be a room full of Nehemiahs that, that are just going to say, yes, I want to be a part of rebuilding this generation. So y'all still with me? Yeah. Raise your hand if you're here this morning. Good, I'm glad y'all are here. So um, Nehemiah 4, 14 says this. It says, after I looked things over, I stood up and I said to the nobles, the officials, the congregation here at the Father's house, and I told the people, don't be afraid. And that's what, I, that's what I want to say to you this morning. Don't be afraid. Don't tuck your tail. Don't run. Don't be discouraged. Just don't be afraid. But I want you to remember that our God is great and awesome. You heard a song about it this morning, right? He is great and awesome. So what we need to do is we need to fight. We need to fight for our families, fight for our families, fight for our families, our sons, our daughters, our wives, our homes. We have to fight, y'all. Now, I don't care if you have kids at home or not. This is not a parenting message this morning. This is an all of us in this room message this morning. And I don't care how old you are. 
It doesn't matter because we all have a role and a responsibility to fight for this generation. And guys, I believe that this generation actually wants us to. I believe they want us to. Now, I know I say that, and you're probably thinking that they're disinterested, that they, they want to be left alone. They, oh, they're independent. Talk to the hand. They want to do their own thing. I know you feel that way, but I'm fixing to show you in a, for me, it's a fairly painful way, and I hope I can get through it. I hate this part of this message. I hate this part of the message, but it's got to be said, and you need to hear it. So I'm going to show you in a fairly, like I said, it's tough, but... Just recently, my staff, my youth staff and I, we did a survey of our kids, and uh, we just wanted to know where they were at. These are our middle and high school kids next door, and we meet on Wednesday nights, and we wanted to know what they were thinking. We wanted to know where they were at, uh, what they were feeling, and we framed it with this question. I wish my parents knew, and then they filled in the blank. Now, I don't have time to show you all of them. We had a lot of responses with this. I'm not going to show you all of them. And I don't know if you could handle it if I did. But I'm going to show you a few. First one. I wish my parents knew how much I loved them and the extreme levels that I go to just to please them. And how often I cry because I always feel like I'm letting them down. I wish my parents knew that I feel like they view me as a monster. These are our kids. like someone they don't even know God it hurts I wish y'all could feel what I'm feeling right now but to, to hear this this is what our kids wrote guys they feel like they're, they're like someone they don't even know I feel like a stranger in my own house and I really hate it because I'm trying for them and I really do love them you see the popular opinion about this generation guys is that they don't want to please us but it's just not true. It is not true. I wish my parents knew that I'm scared to speak up when we're at the table. I feel like I'm not seen or heard. I wish my parents knew that I'm uncomfortable talking about God with them. I wish I felt like I could tell them everything. I wish my parents knew that even though they see me as a strong person, I'm really not. I wish my parents knew that I don't always feel loved. I wish my parents knew how I really feel about them, that their words really matter. I wish my parents knew that I feel like I'm not really theirs. I wish my parents knew how much what they say really affects me, especially the negative. I wish my parents knew that loving myself and knowing my value is a challenge. I wish my parents knew that I want to talk to them and I want them to talk to me more about things that matter. I wish my parents knew that I actually hate being alone. I wish my parents knew how much I love them even when I act aggravated with them. I've been reading these over, 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 and over again in my prayer time this week because I wanted something to stir up inside of me. All week, I've been listening to the cries of these kids that call me their pastor. 
and I refuse. I refuse to stand by any longer while the world continues to just tear this generation apart. I'm not going to have it. I'm not having it anymore. So it's time for that spirit of Nehemiah just not to rise up in me, but in every person that's under the sound of my voice this morning. And together, guys, we have to fight. We have to fight for this generation. Amen? Amen. Amen. So part of fighting is building a plan. And then you educate everyone that's involved. So for the next few minutes, <clears throat> I want to tell you a little bit about our plan to reach Gen Z. Okay? Everybody with me? Now, this is going to be new for a lot of you. Some of you may have heard it already. But as a staff here at the Father's House, we're constantly uh, seeking God's direction and what we need to do next. And um, we're always looking for a better way to do what we do because times change, seasons change, and context change. But the Word never does. The Word never does. You see, but now we have this generation, guys, that's been in lockdown uh, for a couple of years now and, and, and in isolation. So there's this different cry. There's a different cry that's going on in this generation, and my staff and I have been listening. So let me go through this plan a little bit. And like I said, at the end, I want to give you a few things that we can all do. So first, I want to talk to you about TFH Kids. You saw them up here on the stage this morning. Great group, right? Awesome group. So there's three things that I want you to know about TFH Kids, and that's when you drop them off at Kids Church next door. It's in uh, two parts. First part is you've already seen we have engaging praise and worship. Uh, it's set toward kids, uh, so there's a lot of hand motions and jumping and, and things like that and dancing. It's a lot of fun, and we do this to make serving God attractive, okay? And if you go back during that first part, man, it's a lot of fun. They're having a blast back there, and we're doing everything is pointing these kids straight to Jesus, okay? So that's the first part. Then after that, uh, we break up into small groups, and all these small groups are age-specific. And these kids are able to uh, share what's on their heart, and that's where we do our training and discipleship. Now, all the kids, we're getting, they're getting a graded curriculum over there. And graded, all I mean by graded is uh, each year it teaches them a new thing. Uh, most, most of you may not even know this, but we actually have a six-year graded curriculum plan next door. So when they come the first year, they get this. Second year, they get this. Uh, so that basically all 52 Sundays for six years is already planned out. And I'm telling you guys, if you give me six years with those kids next door, I'm telling you, they will know the Word of God when they leave church, okay? It's systematic. They, they really will. They really will. Our system over there is systematic, and it builds on one year, builds on the next, builds on the next. And so by the time they come out of kids' church, man, they not only know the Word of God, they love the Word of God, okay? And that, parents, is, that's why your consistency is so, so important. Because when you're not here, you're skipping lessons that they need. So your, particip your, your participation in church, parents, is eh, it's pretty important. So you need to be here so they don't miss anything. All right? You with me? So next I want to tell you a little bit about our TFH youth. Um, that's our middle and high school students. That's grades uh, 6 through 12. We meet every Wednesday uh, from 6 to 8. And our youth service is set up a lot like this one. I think the biggest difference that you'll see is uh, after the message, we break into small groups. And our small groups are gender and age specific. Uh, so these kids can share what's on their heart without judgment, without fear of judgment. And, you know, all these same age kids, same gender, they, 
pretty much have the same problems and they can talk each other through a lot of things and that's what they do. But this is also a time where our leaders uh, build those genuine relationships that you saw up here today. Man, those are trust and bonds that are going to last a lifetime and that's important. That's important. Now this is the, also the ministry where you're going to see the most changes being made. We're constantly evolving over there and a matter of fact, I've been in touch with so many directors and pastors from all over the country that I, I meet with and talk with and um, I pull fresh ideas from anywhere I can get it. If I see somebody doing something better than me, I talk to them about it and I, and I find out how they're doing it and what they're doing and um, I do all this so I can lead the team and, and develop these kids better and that's what it's all about guys. So even in a couple of weeks, my youth staff and I, we, we're going to be visiting a couple of thriving ministries in South Florida just to figure out how what we can do better than we already are. So I'm excited about that. One thing I'm really uh, excited about is uh, one of the goals that I have uh, next door with our youth is to raise up strong leaders. Uh, and I want these leaders to not just be able to take on the world, but I want them to take over the world. Whatever world the Lord puts them in, ultimately, I want them to be able to take it over. Because I believe one of the best ways now, to, nowadays to pastor these kids is uh, we don't always need to be telling them what they can't do. We need to tell them what they can do, guys. It, it, the times have changed. You see, my goal next door isn't to suppress evil, but it's to elevate good. You may want to write that one down. I, di I didn't get the response I was looking for out there. I'll say it again for you. The goal, guys, is not to suppress evil, but it's to elevate good. I thought that was a pretty good goal. Um, no, for, seriously, though, they've been hearing for two years in lockdown now. Uh, Thou shalt not, don't stop, quit, and no. That's what they've been hearing for two years now. So we need these kids to focus on Jesus. We need them to focus on positive things. Um, I want them to have lofty goals, and I want them to believe that they're going to achieve them. I don't want them to believe they can. I want them to believe they're going to, and there's nothing wrong with that. I want them to believe those things. My, my opinion is they don't always need to be staring at negative things in life. Uh, we need to learn how to not focus. We need to retrain them how to not focus on obstacles. Look, any pilot, we got any pilots in here this morning? Well, I'm going to tell you all about a pilot then. <laughs> Nobody can correct me if I'm wrong, so it don't matter. <laughs> so listen, any pilot's going to tell you in training that they teach you to not focus on an object or an obstacle. Can anybody tell me why? Because you'll hit it. If that's your focus, that's what you're going to hit, okay? So if you're always looking for a problem, guys, it's the same thing in life. If you're always looking for a problem or looking at a problem, that's all you will ever see. And that is not God's best for these kids. Amen? Amen? Amen. So let's keep their eyes focused on the problem solver. Listen, I just feel in my heart that with better, more clear, and yes, I said better, more clear direction. <laughs> I just feel like we can help them go further faster. Don't you? Doesn't it make sense? Let me give you an example. My wife and I, Casey, we don't tell our kids, hey, don't eat on the couch. We say, eat at the table. We just literally took the guesswork out of where to eat. And it's pretty much that simple. It's, it's that simple. Don't overthink it. 
It's simple. Tell them what they can do. Don't worry about what they can't. That's just how I'm looking at it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not delusional. We're all human. I, I'm serious. We all fall short. We're all going to fall short. These kids are not perfect. Things happen. And when it does, we pick them up, we dust them off, we look them dead in the eye, and we say, look, this is what you did. This is not who you are. Okay? And they need to hear that. Listen. What we say matters. So we have to get it right. We don't have a choice here. We have to get it right. All right, I'll get off my youth soapbox right quick, and I'll talk to you about the next group. And next, I want to move on to our college and young adults. Uh, these are ages 18 to 30, that range there. And I'm also really, really excited about this group because I've got a couple of announcements for you guys. So anybody in here want to hear about that? Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. So uh, starting this semester, uh, Pastor Simone and her husband, Thurman, are y'all in here today? Pastor Simone, will you stand up? This is Pastor Simone, her and her husband. Yes, thank you. She's awesome. They are actually going to be leading a life group uh, this coming semester, and it is going to be geared solely toward uh, the college slash young adult age, and I'm really excited about that. Um, actually, we've got a couple of ideas that we're kicking around, so we'll, she'll put out more details when it comes to that. But one thing that we're looking at doing that we're going to do is, uh, well, I'm kind of excited about it, um, we're actually going to be taking you guys, uh, getting a group together, and we're going to Atlanta. We're going to take a little road trip to Atlanta, and it's in January. Uh, so um, let's watch a video. Let's watch a video about this Passion Conference. I want you guys to see this. There's a story going around. A story that calls out to young men and women from every state, from every corner of the earth. It's a story that sees our scars, a story that knows our questions, our imperfections. It's a story that reminds us there's freedom in a name. There's power in the blood. There's victory in an empty grave. It's the story of purpose awakened, hearts in passion, a church united. It's a story we have seen with our own eyes, the dead coming to life, the resurrection of a soul, the resuscitation of a generation. In this story, there's a kind of promise that keeps its word. There's a kind of plan that never fails. There's a kind of love that never gives up, never leaves us, never forsakes us. It's the story of a God who knew your name before the earth was formed, who chose you for his joy, who gave you your breath to breathe his glory. It's the story that brings us together, that shakes the rafters, that breaks the chains, that sends us out into the world for his name and for his renown. It's the story of a good father, the story of a mighty king. It's the story of Jesus, our savior, our hope, our everything. We don't gather just because the story is good. We gather because the story is true. Yeah. Man, that's going to be fun. I'm excited about that. And we've already got several people that are just setting on go. Uh, when Pastor Andrea found out what I was thinking, she said, uh, meeting chaperones. <laughs> so her and Hannah are actually on board. They're going with me. 
Uh, so go ahead and get those dates saved. That's January 3rd through the 5th. Uh, oh, and by the way, my 12th graders and youth are going to be allowed to go on this trip. So I'm excited about that. And I'm actually believing that out of this life group, Pastor Simone, and this trip, I think that we're going to be able to put leaders. I think we're going to be able to pull leaders out of this group and put them in key places of ministry here in the Father's house. Is that too much to ask? I think that's pretty cool. So I'm going to land this plane for you right quick, and this is the part where you need to start taking notes, okay? This is just fixing to give you the game plan here. And I want everyone in this room to step up this morning and be that leader that God's calling out. So I'm going to give you the game plan to get it done. But before I do, I want to go ahead and apologize if you're a first-time visitor. Uh, I'm not normally this strong. I'm normally really funny and not so serious and just really cool. You can tell by looking. Uh, <laughs> but this morning is a little bit stronger than most mornings. This, this morning is a subject that I take uh, very serious, and I don't joke around a lot about it. Uh, so this morning, I'm not requesting it from you, and I'm not asking you to think about it. I'm not saying if it fits your personality, do it. But I'm asking all of us to do these three things this morning, and this is some stuff that we can all do. So number one, say yes to praying bad prayers and that's bold audacious and dangerous prayers for this generation they need them more now than ever but there's three things every day that I want you to zero in on and get very specific about and one of them is pray for them to fear and reverence God and I don't mean fear as in afraid but I mean fear as in respect okay Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if we want these kids to be wise, it's going to have to come from a healthy dose of fear of the Lord, okay? Because with the fear of the Lord comes favor, riches, and blessings. And that's what we want for our kids. I mean, the Bible just goes on and on about it. So number one, pray for the kids to fear the Lord. Number two, I want you to say yes to just praying for them to be surrounded with divine favor because they know when they know that God is involved in their life in a way that they didn't earn they're going to love him the Bible says in Psalms surely Lord you bless the righteous you surround him with your favor like a shield that's what we want how great would it be for a young person to go through life knowing that God supernaturally postured them for the moment that they're living in right then. How cool would that be? Wouldn't you like to know that? Man, that's awesome. Listen, I can tell you this firsthand. Man, you're looking at a guy that's standing up here that hasn't earned anything that he's currently got. Guys, I haven't earned anything. It's all God's. Listen, I'm up here today, and I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to be honest. I know who I am. I know I am not the smartest person in this room. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not the greatest speaker that's ever stood on this stage. I'm okay with that. But I know this. God has always put me in positions that I've never earned. God has always put me in the presence of leaders, political, spiritual, always put me in the presence of leaders that are so far out of my league I wonder what I'm doing there but in the back of my mind I always knew God hand, God's hand 
was on my life. And it, and it made me love him. It made me love him. So pray for divine favor. That God would supernaturally just push these kids forward. Ahead of their peers. So that they would then know that God's hand is upon their life. And they couldn't deny it because it's plain as day. Okay? Second thing. The third thing I want you to pray for is for God to bring them godly friends and influences. You show me their friends and I'll show you their future. And that's a fact, Jack. You can't get away from that one. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. Guys, that's good and bad. Okay? Some of us have our kids around the companion of fools and they're suffering harm. Sorry. But it's true. But we want them around the right people. Amen, right? That's what we want. So pray for that. All right, that's your three things of point number one. Point number two of the plan. I want you to say yes to prioritizing church. This is important. Our kids need us to prioritize church. Listen, guys, I'm not trying to build the church. I'm trying to build these kids. And they need to see the consistency and the discipline and the strength that they get from being in church. And they need us as adults to model that. We, need, we have to model that consistency and that discipline in our own lives. They need to see that. After all, that's what Jesus modeled for us, didn't he? Yeah. Luke 4.16 tells us, He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue. As was his custom. As was his custom. That's what Jesus did. He didn't make no bones about it. He went to church. Okay? I'm telling you, if we don't do it, guys, we're failing. We're failing this generation. Listen, the Bible says in Hebrews 10.23, I love this verse. Check this out. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Some of y'all swervingly. All over the place. Well, I'm going to go. Well, I don't want to go. I'll just watch online. No, I'm going to go. No, I don't want to go. That's swervingly. That is swervingly. That's what he's talking about here. So how do I hold on to my faith unswervingly? Glad you asked. Hebrews goes on to say, Let us consider how we spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up. Not giving up on meeting together as some of y'all are in the habit of doing. And it doesn't say y'all. <laughs> That's not y'all. Y'all are here today, so you, you get to skip out on this one. But seriously, though, here's the plan. I want you to pray bad prayers. I want you to prioritize church. Don't miss. Just don't do it. Just draw that line in the sand and make the decision, hey, I'm not going to do it. It's just too important. I promise you, your life will be better if you do. It just will. It just, it just will. It, it will. And here's the third part of the plan. This very important third part right here. I want you to say yes to participating in the development of the younger generation. Think of it like this. If you're 25 and younger, come over and, we'll help, and, and teach the kids next door. You know, on Sunday morning, our TFH kids... If you're 25 to 50, get involved in youth. 
uh, teaching middle and high schoolers. Now listen, I'm not putting age restrictions on ministry or anything like that. That's just a simple illustration of older teaching the younger. And that's all that's meant to be. Man, we'll take you. I don't care what age you are. We'll put you somewhere. Put you doing something. <clears throat> I guess what I'm saying this morning is there's really just not an excuse for not getting involved somewhere. And I'll tell you why. Because you cannot get away from it in Scripture. There's a call. We all I heard this, well, you know, God didn't call me to that. God didn't call me to this. Well, here's something God called you to. There is a call in Scripture, and it's all through Scripture. You cannot get away from it. And that is for us to live a generational life. What does that mean? Older teaching the younger. That's all that means. So there is really not an excuse. You're, you're not going to be able to stand before God and say, you didn't call me to do that. Because it, it's there. I'm sorry. Don't hate the messenger. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying what it says. Listen, go read Titus where it says, it talks about the older teaches the younger. It's all in Titus. Paul even told Timothy to continue in what you've learned. How do you continue in what you've learned? By passing it down. And that's what Timothy did. All right? So today, that's my call calling on you guys. I'm calling on the congregation of the Father's house to fight for this generation. Amen? Amen. So now I want, I, I've given you the playbook. So now you need your next steps and, and you need to get in the game. So I want all of you to look in that seat pocket in front of you, the back of your chair. In the very back, you're going to find this. It's red at the top and it says, say yes. Okay, and I just want to look at a couple of these things with you. If you're wondering what you could get into, this is your opportunity. This is the opportunities that you have that the Lord has given you today, okay? Security. Can you open a door? If you're wondering what you can do to serve next door, if you're wondering if, if an opportunity is available for you, listen, it's not hard. It's not hard, and everything that you do over there, you get proper training for, so you will be prepared. It, it's not rocket science, guys. It's just loving God and loving kids. That's all it is. So if you can open a door, do. we got a spot for you right over at the front right there. Everybody will see your beautiful face. You can be security. Okay? It's simple as that. Stage, set, and design. If you're creative, we, we fix our stage up two or three times a year. You know, 4th of July, Thanksgiving, Christmas, stuff like that. You could, you could help do that. That's not a lot. Check in. If you can point and click with a mouse, you're qualified. You are qualified. It's that simple. And listen, you don't even have to be a, you can type like me. You can do this, guys. It's not impossible. It's so simple. Listen, TFH kids, listen to this. Hangout room leader. This is something we haven't started yet. I just came up with this idea a little bit ago. Basically, Play games, practice memory verses, and have fun with our kids that attend first service but stay for second while their parents serve. Boy, that sounds tough, doesn't it? Man, I bet God just fell off the throne. I just came up with serving those who serve. You could be like a triple server. Man, just think about the rewards you'll get for that one. I better go on before I get in trouble. <clears throat> On the back, small group leaders, K through 6, we have a place for you. Listen, 
We give you the words to speak. You don't have to come up with anything on your own. When we teach, we break into those small groups, and that's what you do. You have a list of questions. If you can read, you're qualified. And if you can't, I'll whisper it in your ear, and you can just say it. Okay? We'll make it work for you. We'll make it work for you. Another thing is our worship team. I was talking to Eddie this morning, and uh, he, he would like, he, he has opportunities. So if you play an instrument, if you can sing, uh, anything like that, man, we, we have an opportunity for you, and we're ready for you. AV team, like I said, point and click. It's just, it's that simple, guys. It's that simple. It's not hard. It is not hard. So today, I've given you a list front and back of opportunities. I've given you a playbook, man, the plan to get it done. It's not that hard. Did it? Is this over your head? Did it sound hard, guys? No, nah, it's not hard. It's actually pretty cool. So I guess now you have a decision to make. Do I take my gifts and talents, what the Lord's given me, and I fight? I stand up and fight? Or do I take them and I just shrink back and not really do anything? My hope for you this morning is that you've been inspired a little bit to, uh, to rise up and say yes to this next generation because they want you to. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let me pray for you. God, I pray this morning that our hearts would be filled with hope and love for this young generation, God. Lord, I pray that we've all been inspired to say yes, to say yes to that call that is in Scripture, to live that generational life. And Lord, I pray right now that that spirit of Nehemiah would just rest upon everyone that is in this room this morning, God. That spirit that is not afraid, but that spirit that takes their talents, their gifts, their treasures, and they use them, Lord, for your glory. That spirit that says, yes, I want to be a part of building this generation. If you're in here this morning and you don't know Jesus, or you're unsure, just a little bit about your relationship with him. If the Lord's been pulling on your heart this morning to, to make that change and you know to, to get right with him, I would never, ever want you to walk through those doors without an opportunity to be in right relationship with him. I don't want anybody looking around. <clears throat> but if that's you this morning, I want you to slip your hand right up and let me see your hand. Thank you. Yes. Lord, I just thank you, sir. I see that. Anybody else? If you want to be in right relationship with him this morning, anybody else? Thank you. I see that, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't want anybody looking around, but I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me. It's simple. Can't give you the heart, but I can give you the words. I can do that for you this morning. Dear God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for my sin. And I believe that you raised him back to life. I want to trust him as my savior and follow him as my Lord. From this day forward, Jesus, guide my life and help me to do your will. And I pray this in your name. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we would love to help you continue that journey. To find out what your next steps are in your relationship with Jesus, 
All you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com forward slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and make disciples.